Hi, I'm Henrietta Ricks. And I'm Orla McCluskey, and we are the founders of Rixo. We started Rixo over five years ago from our university living room, and it's been such a journey since. With no outside funding or investment, we've made every decision together and still control 100% of the business. This has allowed us to keep the brand to its core values, and we've had some serious highs, lows, and a lot of laughs along the way. We decided to start the podcast so that we could take you behind the scenes and share the more intimate moments that you don't see on Instagram or read about in the press. We hope the podcast will inspire any budding entrepreneurs out there to take a first step, keep going and never look back. This podcast is sponsored by Space NK. Space NK is the go-to destination for worldwide beauty discovery, creating the world's most in-demand brands like Charlotte Tilbury, Drunk Elephant and NARS with the icons of the future. Whether you visit Space NK online or in-store, their beauty advisors are devoted to offering well-informed, unbiased beauty advice and product recommendations tailored to each and every customer. Welcome to episode three. This episode is Community is Key. Thanks so much for listening in and joining into our Rixo journey. We always say that community is key and it really is true to both Orla and I. Our community is the driving force behind our brand, along with our wonderful team, of course. Today we are discussing what community means to us, how important it is to give back, and even giving some sneak peeks into our future plans for our community. Listen in to find out more. For anyone that's listening to the podcast, Layla is going to be um, interviewing both Ola and I for this as we chat along. And Layla is part of our community in, in the Rixo team. I've somehow been ripped into this, but I think it's going to be really fun. <laughs> it seems really weird that you're interviewing us. <laughs> but it'll be good. At least it's someone we know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so as you say, today we're going to be speaking about everything to do with community, which I personally know is something that is the living, breathing element of this brand so it'd be great to know first what community means to you and how important it is to build such a strong community I think when we started Rixo it was even like back in the living room so probably like five years ago that we came up with the hashtag humans of Rixo and for us from the very get-go we we felt so passionate that it wasn't just like particular fashion girls or anything it really was a community that we wanted to build that was really big to make sure that anyone felt they could be a humans of Rixo there was always these like kind of buzzwords of like babe and gal and all this that we just like didn't really want to kind of get into. We just kind of wanted to be like really real. Um, we'd seen some things on Facebook around the kind of humans of New York. And I actually found the stories like really, really interesting. It's like I'd actually stop my tracks and read them. It was a really nice like hashtag. We felt like made people feel like included um, as like part of the community if they if they like if they like this, that like obviously like the the dresses and the prints and stuff. So, um, and we just thought like it was, it was a bit catchy. And it wasn't something that we thought would ever really take off, but now it's so nice and it kind of makes us, it validates the whole reason we've started Rixo when people come up to us and, or even slide in say on DMs like, oh, how do I become a humans of Rixo? And it's like, you just get such a smile when you see that because it's like people actually want to be associated with the brand. Um, so I think that kind of is just, it just means so much to both of all and I. I think as well, like we, both of us like log on every morning and see like who, who's been posting. So it's like a really nice way to kind of interact. So the more selfies, the better, because we go, always go on like the first thing I do in the morning, which is so bad, I need to train myself out of it, but it's to check everyone that's tagged Rick's there or sent posts. And it's even just so nice, even when the customer care girls and the team, they'll have images of people that maybe don't have Instagram and they'll send photos and they'll be like, oh, I'm the humans of Rick's there. This is Janet who brought this dress and they all get circulated. So all the imagery and the content of any of our humans of Rick's there get circulated among the whole team and it's so nice for everyone to see like real life customers wearing Rixo. I think the special thing about it is that 
you know, people say, how can I be a human of Rixo? But it really can be anyone that can be a human of Rixo. We're not looking for anything in particular. Absolutely, 100%. Like anyone who wants to kind of feel confident, we just, I think one of the things Ola and I always say is that we want people to feel the best version of themselves when they're wearing Rixo. And I think when they walk down the street and we have so many customers that come up to us and say, I've never had so many compliments when I wore this and I was scared to wear a print. Um, so it's so nice that people kind of put their trust into Rixo when they're wearing something and feel amazing. If somebody reaches out to us on Instagram, we can hear exactly what the community's wanting or there's a problem. Like recently we had stuff around inclusion and size and it is really good that we have that like community that we can get feedback and keep improving our brand. Like if we think from day one where we've came from there until now, like we've put so much things in place to kind of like build the community, make things make things better. Um and that's what like even well even if it's down to like stores or collections and stuff like we've try to just keep improving but a lot of that is like feedback from our customer like we genuinely want to hear as much as possible so we need that platform um and I think that's why it's so good that we don't have a social media manager it's literally (laughs) Henrietta doing all the posts or like all the odd time try and slip in and like mess it up <laughs> to get all of it the weekend yeah she started reposting people's posts and I was like stop all that I was like what's she doing I was I like all has gone wrong three, it went on three times I thought like you know when like your mum like doesn't really know what you do on Instagram or whatever it's and actually me, I like posted like three times but we thought like once okay. someone went rogue on I think it is <laughs> nice for customers to know because even if they're like oh who am I talking to and then they found out find out that it is either myself pretty much most of the time talking back to them I think they're then like oh god I had no idea and then they start telling me stories about their first Rexo piece and it is and even just when we're talking in trade on like a Monday when we're discussing the business we will have a slide on what our community have fed back so it is so important to us to have that connection with the customer actually even yesterday there was someone on our on our dms that i was helping with the bridal and i was like please give me feedback she's like no no don't worry i will and i was like don't hold back just give me whatever it is that will make the dresses better when you try them on and see how it is so i definitely think like instagram is a great tool um to build community especially at the minute we're in COVID times does it ever get old when someone tags humans of rixo or someone talks about it is that still that pinch me moment of thinking oh someone's wearing rixo they're tagging it like our community's expanding thing. yeah it, even just to see how people can wear it in so many different ways like all and i really want to try and educate as much as possible our community how they can wear something and really invest into a piece so say if they think okay that's a little bit out of my price range like we the way you can wear a skirt or a top or a rixo dress you can wear it literally in the daytime to the office or wherever you're going or at the weekend or really dressed up with heels and it really does depend on how you style it so when we see people tagging humans of rixo it's even for all and I, it's like oh I never imagined the piece being worn like that and it's so nice to see like the same skirt either on a beach or in a city or at a wedding so it is for us like it's even nice to see how they interpret Rixo into their own lifestyles. I know we touched on it with the inclusivity aspect of things but how important is it to listen to the community and have feedback and adapt to feedback rather than just launching a collection without listening to oh, what people are saying? It's massively important like a lot of the decisions we've made um, have been a lot of it's been from listening to the community and understanding what, like, when we first even launched Rixo, we didn't even know it would be the prints that people would love. <laughs> we just, we launched, like, other stuff that was, like, completely different from, like, kind of what our kind of DNA is now. And, like, I think that's something that we always want to adapt and get better. And we're not going to just rest on our laurels and, like, think. I mean, a lot of, because we are quite a young business, we don't necessarily have board or investors telling us what we should shouldn't and should be doing like a lot of it is actually driven by the customer and even when we're designing product like all I ever 
do is like think about who who's wearing this where she going what would like making sure that there's enough like we had so much feedback about her first dresses were so lovey. <laughs> Every <laughs> woman like, was like belly button. Honestly, honestly, it was like it was oh, it was it was very revealing. Put it like that. And we're we, flat chested, so that's probably why. So we could get away with having a big low V, but not for everyone. We just kept getting customers saying like, I, "Could you have like a little bit of like I want to make a little like triangle of material in the middle, like to kind of stitch in." So we thought, right, we're gonna. But then we didn't want to like not do the deep V, so we wanted to basically and we split up what we would do so even things like that was like a big like because we used to do all we, we me and Hen used to do all the customer care ourselves so we'd see everything um and I think that's why even like our customer care like everyone feeds back to us like I have meetings like every month on like what customers are saying with like our client specialists and stuff so that they give us feedback on lengths and material weights and stuff so um and we do we do listen there's all there's obviously sometimes as well we keep to our DNA of what we feel is right as well but definitely help shape um I think decisions. as well like just as Ola was touching on it like the fact that we used to do the customer care inbox together ourselves for the first two or three years like we used to speak to every single customer there were times as well I know my mum would ring me and she'd be like what are you and Ola doing and I was once driving all the way to Wimbledon one <laughs> evening on a Friday night because this woman had to have this dress on the Saturday morning and we'd hand deliver all these parcels around London at the start because we just and now I look back and I'm like it's probably a good thing because we got I, to meet our customers and see them and I they'd actually, come round to the living room I wouldn't remember they? Drive, dropping this parcel off and I'd my dad had called, so I'd been on the phone to him and I was like, curse what I'm doing because he basically wasted my battery and it away. So, but they are funny stories that you just look back and laugh at. But even now, like some of the girls, they know the customer care girls will be like, oh, this one lady said that she used to come to the living room and try on dresses and go. And we literally had it, wasn't it? Like the toilet upstairs, yeah. like our bathroom upstairs. Customers would go and try things on, come down. Whilst we were just like carrying on with work, really. And they'd just come in as if they thought it was a shop. We once had all oh, the, do you remember that customer who came up outside with like, she had a driver, a bed and everything and she pulled up outside our university house and we were like what, what's <laughs> going on she <laughs> thought the neighbors were like what's going on here because we had people coming in and out the house the whole time these women would come the whole time and it was so nice but i was like we loved it but then towards the end of the day we'd have nothing it was almost as if the house mm. became a shop um but it was great to see that customer and like really build the community from there and i think that's how a lot of our customers then word of mouth was amazing for us and community just from the very start has been so important I think it also never gets old when we get sent on the, you know, group channels, people sending in their feedback of what they've loved, where they've worn it, if yeah. it's a friend's graduation, a friend's birthday. I love or the story with it. For dinner. <laughs> you love the fact that there's a real story behind like how they got the piece or where they want it and I think as well like where we meet our community so obviously you've got the online community but the stores as well are so important for us we get to see our customers face to face so Ulla and I on any random days will be in whether it's our Kings Road store or our St John's Woods store we're also opening a bridal store as well like their stores that will actually that have all off that used to be like all our furniture from our living room so our living room would just be emptied and then we'd put it all into this new store to make it look amazing and feel so rickso and all and i would be in the stores like the first couple of years it was just we were in there every day and we'd work from there so i think that is such an amazing think, way to meet our customers yeah as well. we've also built we've also like basically moved our head office this year um i mean i don't know if you could say our last office was an actual head office so it's like <laughs> it's probably building up to be not what it is but we've really tried to like make there be sp- like make spaces in the new office where we've actually got one room called the li- the living room where we'd love people to come in and like really give us like feedback um and hold focus groups and like nice dinners and stuff to like let them get more immersed in like the kind of back end of the brand as well than than the front end i think it's nice for people to see like you building the like building the journey with us so 
when COVID is over, we'll that be will back be happening. In, we'll be well. back in the stores, yeah. And April it's nice the, to do events. April the no, April the twelfth. April the twelfth. April the twelfth. We'll happening. have three stores. So it'll be really nice. And Ola and I will be in them, whether it's like a random day in the week or weekends, just popping in to see, just to see the customers. And then it's so nice sometimes when customers are like, oh. yeah, I can't wait to see all the bridal, the hashtag brides of Rixel. Because that's a really special, like that's someone's like the best dress that they're probably really going to wear ever. <laughs> so that's going to be really special to like hear stories and get the community like involved in that as well. Do you find that you've had customers that have been there from the start that really feel like the original community that have now developed with you as a brand that yeah. you would recognise at events? Some, that of, would always come some of them work for us. Yeah, I mean, like Nikki, Nikki was like a really good customer before yeah. she, and then she started working with us. And then um, our lawyer, Anastasia, was like literally one of her first customers. So she saw a blouse in, so Anastasia, our lawyer, yeah, she saw, a, she, we call her our fairy godmother, but she saw a blouse in our first ever boutique that we were stocked in. She saw the print, fell in love with it. And then she said she was like a dog with a bone. She's like, I need to track down this brand. And then she saw on Google that it was only around the corner um, that the house was registered. So she knocked on, she literally knocked on our door this one day and we were like, who's this? And she was like, she was like, oh, I just, you know, she introduced herself. She sat down. To, I remember she had like tea and biscuits and we just had like a really lovely conversation. And I think it's just been like through the product through the products and through Rickside, we've made so many amazing connections through the brand. And I think for anyone that's starting off a brand, I'd just say, just be really open. Like there are so many people out there that want to help you. And there are like some really good people. And even just like now, like some of our best customers, they used to say at the start, like, oh, I saw you in the press and I'm thinking, oh, great girls. But then they don't want their secret. They're like, it's our secret. Like the people at the start would get so protective over Rixo. They didn't want us. To, they wanted us to do well because they wanted to support the brand, but they also wanted it to be their little secret. So it was nice to have that. Yeah. Um, I feel like in some ways it still has that element because it's not like everyone would be wearing the same print because there's such a variety of prints. So, you know, everyone yeah. can be part of the community, but wearing different things. Even ourselves, we surprise ourselves sometimes that like we'll style something on the shoot in like two different ways and make it look completely different. And I think that's what's nice. It, like it's almost meant to suit your own personal style and you're meant to wear it how you would imagine wearing it. Like the pieces are versatile in terms of like how you want to style it. So... It's not like a structured dress. There's like the only thing you're changing is the shoes. It's like you can layer things, wear dressy tops, dress it down, put nets on with it, put things underneath it. So I think in that way, there's such a variety of how something looks. So I agree. Can I just say, Hamrit and Ola are both in front of me without tights on. It's February, rocking Rixo, <laughs> which they're also in every day in the office. I didn't take so. a coat either today because I you didn't like, wear a coat. I was roasted. We never. We used to, it used roasted. to be like our Georgia skirt had. The, so like Ola was saying, we had the lowest V ever on our V neck dresses. We also used to have the highest splits. So the, <laughs> the skirt, the skirt splits were literally up to like your knicker line so we'd walk along in the winter and like really selling ourselves along. here um, <laughs> it'd be blown along but I mean yeah we're just used to it now aren't we Talking back about that some of your original fans have now become part of the team, I think a big part of community is building a team and building a strong community of people that you're around every day. So it'd be great to hear a bit about how you decided to start building a team, who your first hires were. I know that would have, they pro- yeah. they might have got hired in your house, actually. <laughs> well, it was actually, so in back in 2015, Ola and I realised that we needed 
we needed a, sh- a pop-up shop to actually let people see the product and be out there. So we managed to get um, a shop in Covent Garden on Neil Street. And then it was, I remember I was working in the shop one day and this girl came in and she loved Rixo, she had a nice style. And then she said, oh, I'd love to like have a job if there's any like possibilities of having a job. And at that point, it was literally just Ola and I and we were so nervous to ever like hire someone. Um, but she became one of our first hires, um, yeah. Katie. And then she, she just, it was at the start when you're building a team, it's just an extra pair of hands so that Ola and I could do more. So when it came to like, because we'd wake up in the morning, pack all the customer care orders, walk down to the post office, still do everything mm. else. So we didn't, the, we didn't really know what we were doing with building. Like, we really did not. Like even Tally was our very first intern. I, my twin sister lived with me at the time and we used to take her laptop every day and give it to the intern. And she kept changing her <laughs> password. because She was like, can you stop taking my laptop? Like give it to the interns. And she was like, actually, she then got employed us because we were like oh we need a pair of hands but we didn't really know how to kind of like structure just kind of like first jobs university like we didn't really know how to build a team but even just becoming I think as the company grows you have to become the managers responsible giving people like KPIs and direction so I think building a team is obviously like you can't do it without your team like the team are the most important thing to Ola and I um and it's just like having people that you feel they're so passionate about the product as well. I think passion and cultural fit like goes such a long way. Like Sabi, one mm. of the girls that works for us at the moment, she said, how have you and Ola like built such a nice team? And I said, well, we interview everyone. Obviously their like manager or whatever department it is now will go through that interview process. But then Ola and I will just genuinely want to have a conversation with that person whoever they are and just say you know what did you do at the weekend what's like kind of what are your values and it's you can just you get a good gut feeling don't you all straight away like yeah. if you think someone's just a, just a nice person and I think as well we always say like I always like oh my god would I want to be like in the kitchen making a coffee with that person next to me and be able to have a chat with them because if you wouldn't you probably don't want them in your team because you spend more time with your team than you do your family really um obviously it's a little bit different now with COVID and everyone's at home stuck with the families but <laughs> I think for us team is is really important yeah, I, 100%. I think what's really nice is that most of our team actually are friends with each other. So, like, it's really nice when you see that people have, like, met up at the weekends and, like, done little things together. And, and like, it's, like, a really nice thing to have a team that feel like everyone can just pitch in. Even probably with the office, like, me and Henry, I was still pitching, like, we'd be, like, moving this, doing that, getting stuff done. And I think, like, that community of everyone feeling like if someone was really struggling you just help and I think then we're all on the journey together like it's exciting we've no idea what next year is going to bring it's not a business that stays still like it is there's so much opportunity at Rixo so it's like things Ola and I like we used to have conversations over the dinner table when we were still working in the living room and then the next morning like two of the girls would come in like Talia or Katie or Clemmy who used to pack all the orders um they'd come in and they'd be like when did you decide that and we were like last night and then we'd just kind of I think the team just evolved with us. So at the start, it literally was like we had no idea what we were doing and it was just extra pairs of hands because things just needed doing, like physical kind of like needed, like picking and packing the customer orders and printing all the DHL labels out. Our kitchen bench literally became a mini warehouse. Then all this this bedroom. So the house, yeah, the house just became a pretty much a, a stock room. So the team was just grown really organically at the start and it was just through like, friends of friends who wanted a job or some extra time and then and then it just kind of like grew from there really put a little bit more for structure in place like as we've kind of got a bit bigger because you've you've kind of got to um and I think probably we've been we've known in our gut when something's not right and we've kind of persuaded ourselves in something and usually we're always right about it so I think we were like we always like make sure now there's a quite like a kind of process in terms of 
making sure that like they're going to really help the team they're the right personality culture fit are there any questions you ask in interviews that are your, your clinch questions that you know? Do you know, I always I'm feel to think really. Back to mine. I, in interviews, I always feel really guilty because I'll be talking to whoever I am. Like if it's like even at all or in the evening or like my partner or something, and then I'm like, oh god, I was doing interviews today, and I still don't feel like I should be doing interviews. Like I feel horrid questioning people. But for me, it's more just obviously if they prepare a project, talking, letting them talk through that and seeing how they explain and present themselves. I think for us, it's really key. Like I remember all of like people would just turn up late to kind of Zoom calls and stuff. And that's just like a no-go. Like you want to be there ready, prepared. So I think, but then when it comes to like asking questions, I think it's quite, it's quite good to make it quite like, not laid back, but when you're kind of interviewing for like more culture rather than the actual like technical part of the job, it's quite good to keep it quite relaxed because then they feel like you're not, being too direct on questions but I think just kind of getting to know a bit more about their kind of lifestyle and the background and the friends and I think it's always good to ask like what was their most like difficult area of their previous job what didn't they like it's always good to know what they didn't like rather than try and like tell them what they shouldn't be liking or what they should like in a job I think as well it's also really important to ask them what they want from Rixo and what they want for their next two years because it might be right for us, but it's got to be right for that person as well, whoever's joining the team as well, like to make sure this is actually what they want to do and they've really thought about the job role because it goes two ways. Like we've got to make sure you're correct for Rixo, but vice versa, you've got to make sure you're correct for Rixo as well. So I think whenever, like any advice for anyone in a job interview, make sure you ask questions as well and just say, you know, what's the team like? What's the culture like? What what does success look like for you? Like, Whereas what's the vision of the brand? I think always make sure that you ask questions as well. But for us, I think when we're asking the questions, it's definitely about kind of just making sure that they're right for the brand as well. I remember when Ola interviewed me and she said, I was like, I asked the question. I was like, oh, Ola, what do you see the like the vision of events being? And Ola was like, I've got this vision that we should do this huge music festival. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh right, okay. Great. <laughs> She was like, yeah, like stages, loads of acts, loads of things going on. I was like, wow, I mean, this this wasn't in the job spec, but let's definitely... Just let you know what you're getting into, Leila. Yeah, so I'd say, like, agree asking questions. It's really important um, to ask questions to yeah, them. Yeah, that is, know what you're getting into. Yeah, know, know what you're getting into. <laughs> How do you ensure team happiness and that community is such an important aspect for everyone that you hire as well? I think it's really important like we know that everyone like we always say to everyone in the team like no matter what you can reach out to both Ola and I like even if it's just a five to ten minutes you're unsure on something like we're here everyone has our mobiles we have whatsapp groups and we are very like personal people like we're in the office we're with the team and I think as obviously as the business grows our time can only be spread so thin but it is just the team is so important for us even just like yesterday so we had our virtual London Fashion Week and normally that would be a day where the whole team was together but it was nice just to put out a little bit of time for us all to watch the show together um everyone had the nice flowers so, so we obviously had the the bridal show we had and everyone had the flowers from, that were on the photo shoot and it was just kind of nice little pick-me-ups but it's something we're always looking to make sure we improve especially as like I think covid and working from home has been such a cultural shock for everyone um so yeah that is quite difficult because you can't like i think when you're in the office you can pick up if someone's having a bad day or if there's something wrong and you can kind of pull them to one side and like have a bit of a chat with them and, and i do think that even actually um my sister Jem always said she's like, oh, you kind of like talk to everyone in your like in your team like you're just one of them and i think that's a really nice thing to make everyone feel like we're kind of all 
trying to figure out we're all on the same kind of goal and journey you're interested in their personal life as well like you chat about what's going on outside of work it's not just just your job they're interested in it's like their mental health it's all those other elements like if there was something bothering someone like we would want to know about it um and there's so many times we've got involved with different things um whatever Definitely. it may be and I think we always say as well like we take individuals as individuals so it's not one rule for all like if someone comes yeah, to definitely. us and they're having a really tough time they need to work from home or they need to do this or whatever it is like Ola and I will be we're very reasonable people like we'd put ourselves in their shoes and be like do you know what actually that would be a really tough situation to be in like how can we kind of work through that um yeah there's not like a set here to our policy <laughs> like you can't do this you can't do that it is very much like we like to use our own judgment on things as well um I think that's quite nice because you don't have to go through loops to get to speak to like managers and HR and stuff. It's just like we have like a bit of a forum that helps people give feedback on the office, which is great for like general stuff. Um, And then I think more specific stuff, it has to be a little bit more direct because it can be quite hard sometimes when you're trying to like figure out the best way to help like individuals. Um, I think for anyone, so if anyone was looking to kind of set up a business, it's not something that you think straight away that that's what you're going to be managing people. And that becomes like a massive part of the team because you've got to kind of give your vision, like let everyone be on the same journey with you. They understand where they're going. And it is difficult because Ola and I will have things in our heads where we want it to go. And we're probably very impatient people. We want it to happen now. And it's more like, okay, you've got to put a structure in place. Like, I've not really worked really that long in like, corporations or companies to really know what the structure should be no. <laughs> so you're like trying to build a team we're making it up as we go <laughs> <of university>. <laughs> um, <laughs> without like a mentor on also hopefully we're in a good place with it we do have such a I think everyone appreciates when we get a new hire and we kind of cross-check the culture fit with someone else in the team because then they feel like actually we, we want the person to really like benefit the wider team as well and I think a lot of people appreciate that but we spend time making sure that the person fits in with not just myself and Henrietta's ideas, but actually the kind of wider team. And I think that was a really good thing that we introduced. So it could be someone literally from merchandising, culture checking someone from events or from press. So I think that is actually a really key thing. So it's not just all and I, it's definitely someone else. Have you done an interview at I Love Someone? Yeah, I've done a few. Okay. I remember my cross-checking as well. Yeah. <laughs> it was Rach from Merch. <laughs> Another one, she was like, um, I don't really know anything about events, but I'm just going to talk to you about Rick, so. I was like, Aww. yeah, great. But someone had actually, um, Rachel actually knew that we had a mutual friend, so reached out to them to ask. So I think... Oh, she, was, me, she was going to your fam. Yeah, friend. she's messaging my mum asking about me. Don't worry, I we don't it, stop people on Instagram and be like, oh, you're a friend of this person, what are they like? Exactly, but this person was from my old workplace and it just shows that, you know, it's important to make yeah. a good impression with the community in your workplace because they're sometimes the people that people ask for references from or 100%. do stalk on Instagram to ask about yeah, how totally you work right. in a team or like <laughs> how you are as a person. So, yeah, I think the cross-referencing um, thing is really important. Yeah, people, I think the team definitely appreciates it. Yeah, totally. Um, what is your view for the community growing? How do you see Humans of Rixo expanding and becoming something that even more people are talking about? Um, there's so many like incentives we have in place that we'd like... We'd love to give something back to the customer for sharing because I think we recognise that there's a real value in us seeing what the community is doing and giving us feedback. So we want to put something in place where we can like, not, I wouldn't say incentivize, but almost like reward them for giving us feedback on fit or giving us feedback on areas they would like us to improve in. So 
watch the space. We are trying to build something at the minute that's going to help us really like build on that community and not just for the sake of like using the word community, like literally actually impact things. It can happen so quickly. And I think having that open communication where people can put like, we've even introduced small things like reviews on our website, like product reviews um, and asking people to feedback on those. So even if it comes down to focus groups where we can get different groups of customers to come in, talk to us. And it's literally just an open communication where we can learn from them and see kind of what they value. Because sometimes we might have something in our head that we think, oh, do you know what? But you can be quite... Like we're in it every single day, so it's nice sometimes to have fresh pairs of eyes come in and be like, actually, this is what I this is what I see as kind of like something that I would I would share my content for because of this or what's important to them. So I think you can only you can only guess so much, and then it's great to communicate I with think people. As well too, like sometimes I know how I would have been before I started Rick, so I would have felt if I'd given like sent in an email to customer care, how is it really going to get actually implemented? Whereas I would want people to feel like they're giving us feedback on whatever platform we can kind of do it on like the most easiest way and then for it actually to be implemented I like that's something that we're going to make sure actually happens that it's like literally coming direct to us that we're seeing it and it's happening in like real time um I guess this also ties in with how you see the feedback on Instagram which has been such a key factor in growing the business Instagram as a whole I feel like as a brand when you when Rixo launched it was almost when Rixo was um, when Instagram was launching and getting big at the same time. Mm. So I'd be really interested to know like how, you know, starting that Instagram page was and how we're getting yeah. your first followers. Well, do you know what? We first started, we started Instagram and Facebook at a very similar time. I literally remember being in like in my bedroom and then we were like, right, let's set up a Facebook group first because we've got more friends on Facebook. So we'll <laughs> automatically like, because we were just like, oh God, it's so daunting. Like once you put it out there, you can't then go back. So we... So we put the Facebook group up and all of a sudden, like, all I, all his Irish friends were following, all my Manchester friends were following, and we were like, Bear in mind, great. it wasn't one product picture. We actually used this, like, vintage image because we had literally nothing to show. <laughs> so we set up the, the Facebook page first. And, and then Jem, Jem, my sister, was sharing it and be like, yeah, they're the next big brand. I was like, we haven't even got the product. Just, just slow down. <laughs> so we started the Facebook, Facebook first, and then after that, we were like, right, okay, let's take the plunge and get Instagram and do Instagram and like you said there was no one really like there weren't that many Instagram brands at the time so it was very like it was a timely thing and then slowly we just started we came up with the hashtag but then we were also like right okay how are we going to get the community of people that we think like similar things that we like so (laughs) we had a big bright idea (laughs) we started like hashtagging we'd go under the hashtag and put vintage and then anyone that hashtagged vintage We'd like like their we'd like their things, (laughs) and then automatically, then we'd start these conversations going with vintage people that would go to like vintage fairs or it could be in Florida or anywhere. It wasn't as if we were focusing on people in London or in the UK. We were just like anything that was hashtag vintage. It did. We were liking. Went a bit rogue at times. We um, (laughs) I I was obviously in my bedroom and Henrietta was up on the floor above, and she'd be like, she'd been on a rampage of like hashtag vintage, (laughs) but she went on this big like American truck driver that like had American trucks. I was like. This is not the demographic. It was like, like a middle aged like truck driver from like Texas. It was into like antique trucks. It was so oh. funny. But um, we actually met this woman Phyllis, um, who actually went out and visited, and we were in America, and she was probably one of her like hashtag vintages, hashtag victims. Um, and she still follows Brand, and like she over the time she's like sent us bits of vintage, but like oh I'd love a belt like like that. Would you make something? We've actually used yeah loads of the pieces in the photo shoots and like redeveloped them so she's still in touch with us um, and that was literally through so at the start it was basically about how do you go from 1,000 to 2,000 
2,000 to 5,000. And then I remember thinking, oh, we get 10,000 followers. We are the creme de la... I thought this was... I was, like, so pleased. <laughs> so it was literally, like, every night we'd spend a couple of hours hashtagging vintage to try and find things, and then if people like things. And then we're also, like, to get press at the start, we'd probably then look oh, at all the press anyone, people. Anyone that worked in press must have hated us because... We used to, like, tag them in our picture. We thought this was, like, we'll get their attention, but actually what we didn't realise, we've been really irritating. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really nice and got back one time and said, oh, I'm really sorry, like, your product's really nice, but can you please stop, like, um, tagging me on the Instagram post? And, like, <laughs> when I see someone doing it to us now, I think, oh, God, love them. Like, yeah. they're just trying to get their followers up. Because we, we didn't really know what we are doing. We just thought, great, we thought this is such a good idea. So we tried, like, kind of any trick under the book, but I think we've got, like, a little bit more kind of finesse with it now that we'll do, like, kind of competitions and the hashtag and stuff. But at the beginning, it was, like, it was, it was yeah. taking what we got, even the truck drivers from Texas. Do you um, <laughs> do you ever trust Ola to post now? I don't think she's ever... I don't think she's ever actually <laughs> I don't posted. actually think I could post. Ola doesn't have Instagram well, for everyone listening. Instagram has... Like, at the beginning, we used to do, like, like at the very, very beginning, I'm doing like a few posts, but Instagram now, like now that I don't really use Instagram, it's changed so much that when I go on it, I feel like it looks completely alien, which is why I reposted something three times last weekend because I was like pressed all these buttons and like everything's, you know, like a page changes and moves around. So I was like, I just need to keep away from it. Yeah. For anyone so, that doesn't know how old Ola is, she's she's not uh, old enough to not know how Instagram works. <laughs> how Instagram I'm works. Not, I I'm not, just I don't have a really young voice for your body. <laughs> we've naturally just, just so, taken yeah. on like different elements of the business yeah. and that's just something that I've always kind of just like always Being done. Um, and you just don't question it or second think it. It's just something that I've been doing now literally on autopilot for five or six years. So it just kind of comes quite naturally but it is really nice because even like when Ola and I are like walking into work together or anything I'll be like oh last night someone said this on DMs and it's actually we get really interesting points so if anyone wants to say anything just slide into the Rick's DMs I do have a call on the DMs though I do like getting back to customers on like fit and stuff <laughs> okay um, so you do have a role in the Instagram with I will go replies. on DMs and get I can do that I can get back to someone on on like a DM so I do go on and check that. I know when it's all like, like she puts all her, she signs off all her on the DMs. I'm like, okay, that's all I'm like, because Henry, I'll be like, is this someone impressed? I just know it's you. <laughs> um, but yeah. Can you imagine, Rick, so without the Instagram community that you've built? No. It'd be very difficult. Because I, I think as well, like we used to always say at the start, what do we think Instagram's really good for? And it would be good for press or buyers or customers. And I even know myself, when I first hear of something, whether it's like a restaurant or a brand or... A hotel I wouldn't go on their website I'd literally just go on their Instagram and it gives like the customer or anyone from the community two three seconds to be like I want to I like that I want to be I want to see that I want to be involved in kind of what they're showing me so I think Instagram is such a powerful tool just to visually see if you like something or like immediately really I know and I think because we haven't obviously we're still quite young but I haven't built out what this like community might be like on on our website and how we can actually like find better ways to like communicate with people that just don't even have Instagram because at the minute like it's really Instagram's really what we hear through customer care as well but I think again like a lot of people don't go to the effort of like going on customer care and writing it like some do but not as much as we'd like so if we do something where everyone can feed back to us in a really easy way that comes direct to us that would be the most ideal solution but but until we build that out, like we couldn't have done it between now with, without Instagram. It's been great. I agree. And I think lastly, it would be great to hear 
how would you encourage anyone to be a human of Rixo and you know use the hashtag like how much do you want this community to grow and be involved with everyone? It's huge. It's so, it honestly is probably one of the most important things. Like if anyone's got, even if it's a piece from like five years ago, like any piece of Rixo, if you feel like taking a selfie or you feel good, just all you have to do is put it on your Instagram and put hashtag humans of Rixo and then we see it and it, it's honestly so nice. It's the best feeling. It's, it's really hard because the thing is that when you obviously design a collection, you get the samples and start doing a photo shoot for it like it's it's really hard to get like <laughs> 10 models to wear a dress but you do want to show it in a way that different people can wear it so if you wanted to have like different size of models and ethnicities and hair color and stuff like everyone will resonate with someone different because they look similar to them but in terms of practical terms it can be quite hard to be, try and photo shoot everything on like so many different models so if we can encourage people to kind of like inspire all their customers then that's, that's the great but we need to have a platform that allows that to happen so I think even on our gallery images now we actually upload obviously with people's permission pictures so they can show other people how, how things are worn so really think, yeah and I think as well just one point well. about Instagram that we've probably not touched upon is the fact that when we first started off like Ola and I didn't have investors. We had no money. Instagram was a free tool for you to kind of post pictures, for you to interact with your customers. It costs nothing. So it's the most, it's such a powerful tool for you to use and be able to communicate with your community, see your community visually um, and see how people are wearing things, get feedback. So I think when you first start, like Ola was saying, like to get 10 models on a photo shoot, it's actually really expensive because it's not just the models, it's the hair and makeup team. It's even just small things like, getting the lunch and um, the location the travel like it can be so expensive and when you don't have investors like it is really difficult so you've got to be quite careful you've got to do the best that you can yeah um so it's and hopefully a, just keep getting better and better mm-hmm. with it so i think also for the team it would be great to see as many of those photos because otherwise we get roped into it yeah the team <laughs> are taking the photos in our rick we've got all these like <laughs> we've got all these like little areas in the office we're like take a selfie there take a selfie there so I'm encouraging everyone to tag humans of Rick so, <laughs> yeah. so we don't have to do it. Oh, well, it's been so great speaking about everything community. I hope this has really encouraged everyone to feel like they can be part of it and that we want as many people to be on this journey with us and as it's possible. And it's only really the start. Like, there's so much more we want to do that it's just, it's just kind of building out the team to help us build it and put the investment and stuff behind it. So watch the space. Thanks so much for listening to Ola and I and make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear more. This podcast is produced by Ampix.uk and music produced by LarkRiseMusic.com. Music.com.